Hello and welcome back to Dial H for Hero Clicks. I'm your sexy ranch hand co-host Calderness. This is episode 289. Howdy, howdy, let's get rowdy. <laughs> Dial H for Hero Clicks is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day, including all the latest Hero Clicks singles and seal products. Check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. Joining me in the studio today, like always, is my good friend, co-host Simeon Bruce. What's up, Simeon? You know what? People need to start driving safer, Calder. That's what I gotta say. The roads are icy. Just, a, just a, t- yeah. a touch, right? Yeah. People need to drive like it's. Your grandma is sitting in the back seat with a hot pot of chili. You don't want to spill any, right? Is that the is that the southern meme or whatever it is? Yeah, how yeah, to, yeah. How people should drive. Fan like she's in her best Sunday dress holding a pot Sunday of chili. Dress. That's right. And balancing a gravy boat on her head. I'm sure that's all completely accurate. Uh, like we like to start every week off, we like to do what made us happy this week. Simeon, what made you happy this week, my man? This week, uh, what made me happy was pretty simple. I got... Some new comics that I'm subscribed to, so that was, uh, you know, some cool new stuff to read. And I got some new clicks, uh, new-to-me clicks. Um, some stuff that I, you know, put off for a long time because just never seemed like worth the price tag. And I got them for cheap enough that now I can finally put them on a shelf and forget about them forever. <laughs> oh, I feel that. That's pretty good, though. <laughs> That's like my zombie team base now. Just just sits there, being expensive and looking at me every once in a while. Anyways, uh, what made me happy this week? I started a new Netflix show about four or so episodes in. It's called Daybreak. It's pretty funny. It's kind of an interesting riff on a zombie-like apocalypse. Uh, everybody that survives is under 18. All the parents or older people uh, turn into ghoulies or whatever. And then all the kids have separated the wasteland of Glendale, California into cliques. So, like, there's jocks. It's basically big high school, but in the apocalypse, like, there's jocks and the popular kids and nerds, whatever. And it's pretty funny. I like that the 4-H club is their own uh, little society in it. I think that I find that hilarious. And it's actually just very interesting. There's some uh, there's some swearing, so if you watch it, make sure it's not for little ears. Um, but it is it is very funny. I like the quick wit in a lot of the characters. Uh, Angelica is probably uh, my favorite one so far, and I I just I really enjoy the show. It's really fun. If you like zombie apocalypse stuff like that, and you want a different kind of take, check it out. It's awesome. Uh, and also with that, I saw Arsenic and Old Lace, which was a play in Pierre. Uh, South Dakota State Capitol, uh, that my mother and my youngest brother were in. And I was really glad to see them uh, be in a play after I just got out of play, and they did a fantastic job, and I was very happy, uh, very happy about them. And it was hilarious. So that really made my week. It was quite awesome. Anyways, like we are doing recently, we are going to be doing a new Clicks on the Block segment, and I will have in the show notes where the rest of the show begins. So we're going to start our new Clicks on the Block segment. Once that is over, it'll be in the show notes in the bottom there. You go ahead and click on that, and that will start you at the normal episode for news and everything. And so let's just get right into it, shall we? So, you screwed up. You know what you did was wrong. The question is, how are you going to make things right? Maybe you were trying to be cool. Take it from a guy who's been frozen for 65 years. The only way to really be cool is to follow the rules. All right, Simeon, what are we doing this week? What are we talking about? 
this week we're talking about how to take this fun hobby that you like to play and how to make big bucks doing Ooh. it. You're going to be rolling in the dough with all these winnings and all these prizes and all this stuff. You know, no, that's not real. Um, at least as of this recording, you cannot technically, I know people will debate me on this, but you cannot be a professional hero clicks player. It, uh, it can't happen. I can't make a living no off playing with little plastic superheroes and rolling dice. What? Nope, you can make money off of it, that's for sure. Uh, you cannot live off of it. Oh. You cannot support your family off of it. You will be homeless living in a shoebox with all of your clicks guarding you all night. But uh, let's get into what we're actually here for. Um, so this iteration of New Clicks on the Block, we want to talk about buy, sell, and trade. So you've got your starter stuff, you've got your, your action tokens, and your uh, razor blades, and your dice, and uh, whatever else you need to play, and now you need, you need to know how to play, so we covered that, and now you need to know how to get more of the figures that you want, how to get the, the really expensive ones, how to get the ones that are more powerful, or really cool sculpts. All that kind of stuff. So with that, let's uh, let's dive right in. Uh, let's go with buying first. Let's buy some. Calder, I, where do I you... have to. I have to buy product before I can sell product. I imagine. Anyways. Oh yeah. I mean, you can find stuff, but that's true. Anyways, uh, <laughs> buying is pretty simple. So you obviously have been to your store. You buy all those random boosters. You get bricks. You get your bricks from them and all that jazz. And you're like, hey, I don't need this super rare. This chase. And that is where the glory of having a surplus of things comes in. So brick-and-mortar stores are always great. Um, I always like to understand the prices of things before I buy them. Before I just go and look at my store's little glass case there and be like, oh, yeah, I'll just buy the Super Rare for $80. Like, no, 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 let's, let's slow down there, Chief. Let's figure out the medium and what a good price is for this. So that is where we go to our good friend eBay or Evil Bay, however you refer to him. Uh, I don't buy anything there. I just use it as a price checking guide. So if you are looking at getting a new chase or a new super rare or even an older one, it's important to look at the sold listing options in eBay. So it's pretty easy. You go ahead and type in hero clicks, blah, 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 you know, Captain America, Earth X, zero number, whatever. Be as specific as you want if you want to really refine the shirts. And then you just go to sold listings. And I like to do about uh, the five or six, depending on how close they are in selling. If they all, they all sell within the same month or so, it's a fairly good range that this is the current price for that piece. And then I just like to find the medium between all of them. Like one's 25, one's like 32, you know. Maybe it's somewhere around the 27 $29 something range. Uh, that's basically what I do. I, I check eBay every time before I buy or sell anything uh, on the internet and i find that as a really great time and you can also find ebay listings that are cheaper and if they're buy it now options then absolutely jump on those that is always a great choice before you go ahead and do any miniature market uh selling at all so ebay check it out that's what i always always check before i buy anything research very important to save yourself some money yeah absolutely to go along with that i'd always say um i love supporting my local shops but i will only buy the newest product for my local shops i'm not going to buy their entire backlog at face value um a lot of like local shops 
you know, it'll be like this set has been out for over a year. They're still asking MSRP for it. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, nothing that I could possibly pull will be of this value. So, like, at a certain point, it becomes gambling. Yes. And so I love buying sealed product from them. I love buying cases and bricks when a set drops. If you like supporting your local shop, I suggest you do that. You, you know, enter their sealed tournaments. You uh, buy, like, stuff when it's newer once. Like, so Heroclix as a whole is a diminishing return product. You, for the most part, whatever you put into something monetarily, you will not get out of it within the next two or three years. Um, some things hold value better than others, but it's really a loss that you're taking every time, and you just have to have the fun out of it. You have right. to get like pieces that you enjoy. You have to have the experiences that you want, and that's where your actual return comes in. You're not going to be able to sell a chase that you bought two years ago for the same price that you bought it at or more. That's just not happening. Right. So I suggest, uh, you know, if you if you're starting and you go into your shop and you're like, man, I'm just ready to buy some boosters. Um, maybe don't like grab all the boosters from like Civil War that they still on, have on the shelf. Definitely don't buy all the Joker's Wild boosters they yeah. still have on the shelf. Um, you can pick up these pieces. So this is where we go into the, the other half of buying uh, the singles market. So you can pick up all these pieces on a singles market, and there's several different places where you can do this from. Um, but singles are almost always going to be cheaper in the long run than buying sealed product. Buying sealed product allows you to get trade fodder and stuff that you could sell and lots of duplicates. So if you want a lot of duplicates, like... I bought a ton of Star Trek to get Tribbles. I bought a ton of TMNT to get Foot Clan Ninjas. So if you want a lot of stuff like that, it's great to buy sealed. Otherwise, uh, I think singles is usually the way to go. Um, so Calder, what are your favorite places to buy from when we're talking singles? When we talk singles, I always use Cool Stuff Inc. That is my 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 go-to uh, singles buy list. When you buy singles, it also has a reward tracker, which is like really super cool. Every time you make a singles order, you'll normally get a little bit of a discount on the next one you make, and obviously code dial five for five percent off your Cool Stuff Inc. order. But I always go to Cool Stuff Inc. for singles. Uh, I had a really just amazing um, even before I even did the show, way before I did the show, I had just an amazing interaction. I bought like a what was it? It was a resource, and I bought the Lust, the little Lust uh, relic, and it wasn't in there. And it's a little tiny, white, almost like see-through, itty-bitty relic. And I was looking in my box when I opened everything up, and it was like March, so there was snow outside. And I opened it in my car, and I'm like, hmm, I might have just dropped this somewhere, and I can't find it. But it's it's nowhere in the box, uh, and I also don't have the card. So I emailed them, and there was a tournament. I got this, like, on Monday. There was a tournament that Saturday I really wanted to go to. So I had, I just, you know, wrote them an email, like, hey, I don't think this came in my order. And they were like, yep, looks like it didn't. And they shipped it to me, like, so fast. And I got it there, like, Thursday. I was just super impressed. And just that uh, initiative and everything impressed me so much with Cool Stuff, Inc. I've always just bought my miniatures from them uh, to this day. 
uh, for singles. And also for singles, uh, if it's more of a trading uh, aspect of it, or I also do do a bit of buying here too. But on Facebook, uh, Facebook groups like International Exchange, uh, Hero, uh, <laughs> Heroes Players, Collectors Around the World, uh, Buy, Sell, Trade, etc., Pretty simple to find these groups on Facebook, but I do a lot of my singles buying on there. I kind of keep my PayPal cash as like hero clicks money for the most part when I sell something. And then I'm like, ah, well, I can buy this with my hero clicks money. There we go. You know, I will absolutely buy sexy Lexi $50 shipped. Stuff like that. Uh, Facebook and Cool Stuff Inc. are my main uh, singles like areas to buy. Right. So I, I use Cool Stuff Inc. a lot as well. Um, I've always had decent like stuff shipped to me and like quality packaging and stuff. And uh, they're usually pretty decent on the price. Um, If you want a better deal, you can always go on like the Facebook groups and kind of haggle with people, uh, maybe throw some trade stuff their way. And that's where we get into the other half of hero clicks. When you're just beginning, you probably won't have a ton of trade fodder, but you need to know what you're working with when you do. And so when it comes to trades, um, Calder already said, checking eBay is a great way. Uh, you see, like, they've got a Chase Odin, and you've got a Chase uh, Nebula. You're like, well, it's a Chase for a Chase. Not in Heroclix. <laughs> Sorry. Um, that's not how it works, even if they're out of the same set. Uh, let's say you pull, you know, I pulled Chase Namor, out of the same set that someone pulled Chase Sheriff Steve or Sheriff Strange, I guess was the Chase in that set. Uh, not a one for one. They're Chases, same set. You gotta uh, add in a whole lot of the market value comes from playability and competitive aspects, and that might not be something that you get right away. It also comes down to is it a character that people really love? Um, that's another huge thing, you know. If it's like the only Thanos that we've gotten that year, price is going <laughs> to be a little bit higher. <laughs> is it the only? Uh, we got a lot of Thanoses this year. Yeah. Um, is it the only, is it the only like Doctor Strange that we got? Uh, is the distribution off? You know, was there just like not a lot of these Supermen floating around, and so not a lot of people pulled them? Different stuff like that can skew the prices, and so checking eBay. You know, you see his Odin is worth $60, and your uh, Aquaman, Namor, whatever you want to call it, whatever you're trading him is only worth 40 So maybe you offer that in, in trade, but then you have to throw in like a super rare or something to even the odds, or maybe just toss some cash his way as well. Um, that's a big aspect of Heroclix. The market is constantly fluctuating. Um, when... X-Men first dropped, Proteus, the green Proteus, the rare. He was probably going for like 30, 40 bucks. Uh, But a lot of people were murmuring about how he was going to get watch listed, how he was going to get eroded, and he did. And now I don't even know. I haven't even checked. But I just know that you definitely don't want to be sitting on eight of those now, like some people were at at one point. Um, So it went from a figure that was real busted people really wanted to a figure that if you had more than one you were doing something wrong kind of thing and so that's something you need to watch out for um when it comes to trading there's all the facebook trade groups you need to post a picture you need to list your wants or haves and what you're willing to like you know 
like pay or if you're paying with PayPal or what have you. Uh, all the Facebook groups that I'm aware of that I'm in are simultaneous send. Uh, there is HeroClix trade feedback page as well, which you should also be on if you're on the Facebook trade groups. So when you have a good trade experience, you leave someone good trade feedback. They leave you good trade feedback. It helps people not question you because there's there are a few scammers out there. Um, and it can also help you feel a little bit less uh, intimidated when you're trading like a big dollar piece with somebody online and... You know, they've got, like, zero trade feedback. Right. Maybe you just pass on that. Like, not advocating that you judge people on their trade feedback, but... Well, I'll it say... It is definitely an indicator. Absolutely. Uh, keep that into consideration. <laughs> uh, I have gotten scammed a few times. I made some not very smart decisions, you know? Uh, so, absolutely. It's like, hey, man, is it okay if you send first? Some people are okay with that. Some people are totally okay with that. If you yourself have a lot of feedback, then I think it's okay to ask someone with like zero. If they have at least five or like something like that, you know, like, hey, you're just, you're new, whatever. I don't think you're going to just try to ruin me here. So I, I trust you enough. But if they have zero, I think it's fairly safe to be like, hey, man, look, I got like 20 something or whatever. You don't have any. Is it okay if you send first? And, you know, Normally, you know, someone with a bunch of feedback won't try to take advantage of you, and that happens. Uh, pretty obvious, like, signs of a scam is people uh, really trying to get the deal made really quickly. They want to yeah. scam you as p fast as possible. They're constantly, whatever, sending you pictures like, oh, this, 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 is this, or like, whatever. Um, yeah, they're giving you a really way better deal than way better deal than normal. Would make sense. Uh, yeah. have, they have no feedback. You check their Facebook profile if it is on Facebook. See how recently it was made. That's also a pretty big indication. Uh, check always, you know, even if they don't have any feedback, check that name and see if there's like any familiar names that might have said like this person scammed whatever. You know, uh, I, I lost a Shumagoraf on a deal one time. It was well after he was worth anything, but still, it kind of sucks. So don't don't be in a you know whoa a big time rush to get things done. You know, sometimes like you know slow your roll. Be like, hey man, look, could you send first? Is that okay? It's it's a problem. All right, then I guess we're done here. Sorry, have a good day. Yeah, don't want to. You definitely don't want to lose money and just send hero clicks to a, a random person and be like, ah, I got nothing out of that. Very cool. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, and to go along with this, um, as we so. Trading is the, I'd say that's the majority of what I do with HeroClix. I will occasionally try and sell, uh, but trading is my, that's my bread and butter. That's what I like to do. I don't really like the money aspect. I like being able to, like in Fallout, when you're like, you know, I'm going to give you like some bullets and like some gecko steak and here's like a couple bottle caps and you're going to give me that rusty old laser pistol. That's what I like to do. I like to give like a bunch of garbage for like <laughs> one thing that I really want. And that's pretty I mean that is like you might think like you know you've only got like this $5 piece, $4 piece, $6 piece and they've got a like $30 piece. But you throw enough stuff at them, sometimes somebody's like, "Hey, I'm missing at least like most of those pieces." That's a deal I'm worth making. So um, and that really is a sometimes as well. A lot of people yeah. will take a bunch of low stuff for one big high item. They'll normally want another big high item or to just sell it. I personally am a seller kind of guy. Um, 
I don't know why, really, because I use all of the money I, I sell just to buy more hero clicks, which is just basically trading with extra steps, you know? So That's how I used to do it, yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's what I kind of do a lot, too. And I think that is uh, good and fine. Yeah, I do like the little buffer that, like, selling and then buying kind of gives you. Um, and so when I, when I say that about, like, you know, throwing a couple, like, low-dollar pieces at, like, a higher-dollar piece... For the most part, just to like, for the newer players, for the the most part, commons and uncommons will not be worth anything, unless you have a full set of common uncommon right. rare. You're not looking at a whole lot of money from those pieces. Uh, there's some rares that'll go for more, but like man, like you better sell them as soon as that set drops because right. they are going down in price right away. Yeah. Um, so an additional place that you can trade other than Facebook is, of course, your local game shop, uh, especially around the time when the set's new. Again, when a set is new, prices are in like the highest amount of flux possible. So I know when Avengers Black Panther Illuminati dropped, the Black Panther chase was like highly sought after for a good hot minute there. And then his price tanked right away when people realized there are some design flaws that he had. And he just wasn't the figure that like a lot of people were hoping he was going to be. Um, but if you're trading with a local person, um, definitely just check the price on the pieces anyhow. Uh, if it's a pre-release and there aren't any prices, um, you know, I personally, if you're a new player, I would suggest you just hold on to it for a bit. If you really want the piece that they have and you feel like it's fair, go for it. But I, I definitely hold on to it until you at least have some eBay listings that will give you like a little general idea of like you know is Kang title character Kang worth the same as Black Panther and eBay says no yeah. but you really wanted that title character Kang and I mean and there's don't worry more... <laughs> you'll eventually get one yeah there's definitely more uh, lenience with trading in person like if they're good friends of yours I normally give my guy like a buddy price uh, I think I, I pulled a Captain Marvel at an event, and I was like, you know, I could go through the whatever selling and shipping, but someone was like, I'll just give you a hundred bucks for it right there, and I'm like, yeah, absolutely, sounds good. So like, you know, giving someone a buddy uh, price sounds like a sounds <laughs> like a Kevin Nelson move. <laughs> wow, that was wow, that was a really good guess of you, Simeon. Who'd have, who'd have thought? Thank you. That is Thank a, you. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I like, just know him too well. Truly, truly. Oh, yeah. goodness. But, yeah, a lot of people will, like, trading um, a little bit within our local group, will just give each other the piece and, like, I'll oh, worry about, you know, pay me back later. I know how much you want this. So, you know, there's a few figures. I still need to get some trade stuff and pay back for. So, depending on how, how good friends you are with the people at your venue, uh, people at your venue are also probably the best way to trade commons and uncommons and rares if you, like, need to, uh, whether kids at your venues or even older people who are missing some generics or whatever. That's probably the best spot to do commons and uncommons, especially during pre-release. Um, if you know you're going to buy a ton of the set and just want to get rid of all your commons and uncommons that you really don't need for right now, uh, by all means, uh, that's like the easiest time to trade and get rid of commons and uncommons is during pre-release. So that was definitely uh, make the best of that opportunity along with pre-release is the most expensive time for ever anything. So if you really want to throw up the chase yep. you just pulled, absolutely go ahead and do that on the internet. That's just that's just smart, smart business right there. Yeah, that's that's the prime time for like your highest trade value. Um, 
is pre-release. I around pre-release time, I know I'm buying a lot of like a certain product. I will trade pretty much my entire booster most of the time, unless it's got like something cool in it. I'll trade my entire booster for like that one generic figure that they have, just because I like having you know like 17 guard commands or 17 suited henchmen's or you know like 20 big Tonys or Jeez. he's not generic, but I still Basi- like 20. Basically, though. <laughs> yeah, so just like if you really want like the swarm kind of army thing going on, uh, it's actually fairly hard to get the generics later on. So if you can yeah. trade, like you know, you already have this rare, so you just throw them the whole booster and they give you the one. That's a fair trade to me because you know, give it three weeks time and that whole booster's worth that one piece anyhow. Basically. Um, so. When it comes to trading, um, so Facebook, in person at your local shop, great pl- great ways to do it. Uh, on your local Facebook community, if you can do Facebook like without having the shipping part, that's even better. Uh, another right. place is HC Realms, the iTrader. Um, you can post like what you have for trade. You can look through the current trades. You can have your haves and want list up to date, and you can search through stuff on whether someone wants is looking to trade a piece or whether they're wanting to, to keep a piece or whatever. You can search through that. You can send private messages. HC Realms is a... Uh, they do have a ranking system, and the higher rank gets the benefit of having their stuff sent to them first. So if I've got a score of 100 and you've got a score of 2... You are going to send to me first. I'm going to receive the package, make sure that everything's good and ready to go, kosher, and then I'm going to send you your half. So HD Realms is the slowest version. It's also got a little buffer of anonymity, and uh, there's just like there's a better reporting system to it. Uh, they have banned certain people or suspended people's accounts if they scam too often. So. HC Realms is a little bit more protected from that. Uh, the iTrader ranking, if someone has negative iTrader ranking within the last year, probably safe to just avoid them, just to be safe, because it takes quite a bit to get negative iTrader ranking. Um, if Basically, if you do get your product, it could like take them nine months to send it to you. But if you do get your product and the deal did go through, they have to get at least neutral at best. So it takes a lot to get a negative iTrader ranking on HC Realms. Um, To go with that, uh, when you're sending stuff, if you are trading through HC Realms, Facebook, anything, uh, even when you're selling, let's talk about packaging and how to do it effectively. This is huge we're not just magic cards here guys we have really amazing beautifully sculpted figures and we want that sculpt intact because that's the way we traded or bought that figure so when you ship something if it is a sculpt like a normal hero clicks figure is absolutely send it in a cardboard box Uh, around the figure i like to use one of those gravity feed little plastic cases Uh, put that around the figure put it in the cardboard box and then if you don't want to go out and buy a bunch of packing product 
Um, you can use plastic bags as kind of cushion, uh, but if you buy stuff and just have, like if you buy an Amazon thing or stuff from Cool Stuff, whatever, they'll normally seem like about a million packing peanuts. That is always good. You don't have to go out and buy bubble wrap. Most of the time when I sell something, I'm just repurposing old packing stuff from stuff I've already ordered or bought. Uh, so cardboard box, bubble wrap, you know, packing peanuts, whatever, and then, of course, the little plastic case to go over your figure is probably the best way to do it. Some people will wrap the figure in bubble wrap and then put it in the plastic case, which is also just another good layer of protection, depending on how weird the sculpt is and how breakable it may be. If it is a uh, Super Booster-style figure, make sure you have their Super Booster uh, case, the little plastic shell they have. That is absolutely huge. If you do not have one of those, maybe you bought it without it, uh, then just be really heavy on the bubble wrap. Uh, it's also very big. Um, normally, if you buy a bunch of figures, you'll have boxes. If you need to, uh, absolutely go out and buy these little card boxes, uh, either at your venue. They should have tiny little kind of cardboard box card boxes or at Walmart or a post office is probably the most expensive way to get these boxes. They're not the best there, depending on what your post office has. But Walmart normally has really nice or... Uh, like Office Depot or something has really good of these little uh, foldable little card white card boxes that are perfect for sending. The card, if you have card sleeves, absolutely use them. I know some people always send me card sleeves when I trade with them, and I always appreciate that. But I don't think it's the biggest thing in the world to not have a card sleeve, so don't feel too bad. So yeah, for sending a figure, that's what you absolutely should do. If it's an ID card, I'm pretty, like, this is in my opinion, an ID card or like a Mandarin ring or an object that's relatively flat and has no sculpt that could break off, uh, you should be okay in a bubble wrapper. Like, it's an ID card. I don't think it's going to get snapped in half anytime soon. No. So yeah. stuff like that, you should be fine skipping the box. But it's just packaging is really huge. Um, I bought a tape gun, one of those cool things that's got like a handle and you pull the tape along and it'll, uh, you tilt it forward, it'll like rip the tape. I bought one of those. You can also get little handheld $3 ones so you don't like duct tape your boxes up. Uh, it's clear tape. I think I find that very helpful. Uh, most post offices have just a ton of shipping labels you can take for free. I took a handful at the start of the year and I'm barely halfway through them. I think I find those shipping labels very fun instead of just drawing right on the box. It makes it look very professional. So stuff like that, uh, that makes it the most effective way to ship things. And you want, you know, if you want to receive a product in good condition, you want to send it in good condition. And it's also very important because when you leave feedback, you need to take a picture of the product, make sure it's intact, and also the packaging, which is also huge when leaving feedback. Yeah, and uh, to go along with that, like the higher value the pieces, the better you're gonna want to pack it. Um, so I've, I'll admit I've sent some real cheap stuff the real cheap way. Like I still put them in a box, and when Calder says a box, he does not mean a booster. He no. doesn't mean the no. sleeve that you pulled them out of. Uh, when he says cardboard box, it's the double walled, you know what you would get from like Amazon. Like you've all gotten packages in the mail before. You know what kind of box packages come in the mail. A booster box is not a package that can survive the US Postal Service. And man, are there some horror stories about people that have tried. Um, but normally the higher the value of what you're sending is, the more you're gonna wanna like protect it just to cover your end. You don't want the deal going sour. Uh, the person you're sending it to doesn't want it to go sour. You don't want that stress in your life, believe me. Um, so, yeah, just uh, take your time when you're doing that. If you're making a lot of trades, make sure that, you know, double check and 
when I say double check, I mean double check <laughs> when you're sending it to the right person. I've sent out the uh, multiple things to the wrong person before, um, and it's it's more of a pain than you want to deal with. But yeah, just pack it nice. Uh, I was a professional shipping person for a long time and uh, packed a lot of boxes in my day. And there's definitely ways to pack that are better than others. And, I mean, you just want to be one of the good ones. You want someone to say, like, hey, this guy did a great job. He did me a solid. He got this crazy sculpt with lightning coming out of its eyeballs, you know, to me without it breaking somehow. And, you know, there's a lot of fragile stuff in Heroclix. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm pretty there's a lot good of pieces that come to you broken, even. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and that tells you a lot. If WizKids, you know, their box within a box within a box somehow gets broken, I mean, this, these things aren't, like, you know, they're not metal cast. They are yeah. plastic that is held together with uh, more plastic, so... so. That is right. Uh, a good like indicator, if you think you need more packaging in your box, fold it up, don't tape it, give it a good shake. If it's really moving around a lot, throw a few more plastic bags or packing peanuts in there and kind of push down and make sure it's really just condensed. That's always a really safe bet. So, yeah, I think that about covers it uh, for packing. Yeah, so from that... I guess that, I mean, we covered that, and that goes into, like, selling as well. So if you're selling something, you know, you're going to want to pack it up just as nice as if you were trading. Um, you're not going to want to have to hassle with somebody wanting a refund or a partial refund because something came to them busted. Um, putting cards in sleeves. Um, if you don't have sleeves, you will get sleeves through trading. You will oh, definitely yeah, get sleeves sure. through trading. Uh, but if you don't, you can always fold a piece of cardboard in half, put the cards in there, and tape it. And uh, don't put tape on the cards, of course. Okay. But, I mean, with their no longer doing print and play, the cards are almost just as important as the figures sometimes. Uh, so I'm not saying you have to take care of them like they're literal dollar bills, but, I mean, if it is a figure that's worth, like, $50 and your card gets soaked from the rain or it gets all bent up from shipping or whatever, you might have an angry customer, and that's not the, that's not the way you want to put your best foot forward. So, to tag along with packing, we'll go into sh selling. Um, best way to sell, I always say the first couple weeks that a set is out, that's the best time to sell. Um... If you are new, just, I mean, that's basically it. If you're new and a set is new, that's the best time to sell, is the first couple weeks that it's out. Um, there are certain figures that will shoot up in price the longer the set is old, like, the, the longer it goes on. Uh, people will figure out what was actually good in the set rather than what they thought was going to be good in the set. But you're really going to, like, your bread and butter is that first couple weeks. It doesn't really matter what you're selling. If you throw it up with a price or if you throw it up as a trade, people will bite. They want that stuff. They want it early. They want it now. No, that is and that's 100% correct. Uh, 
same thing with selling, just like we said with buying and trading, is checking eBay when you go ahead and list your things. I normally like to check eBay, find the good mix of all of those, and then that is the price I will sell something at. Uh, all of the trade groups on Facebook have a, what is it, uh, no friends and family. So when you're selling through PayPal, uh, they have no friends and family, which means you are going to be stuck with the fee, which really sucks. I think it's super lame, but that is the way it be sometimes to make it the safest opportunity for everyone. So the easiest way to do that is to add a buck or two to your figure's normal price for the friends and for not paying friends and family. So for that fee, yeah, you're going to be stuck paying the fee, so just make the figure just a dollar or two more expensive so it doesn't really, you know you know, bum you out. And depending on how expensive it is, obviously that will go up and you'll always want to list the figure as whatever shipped. So when you say it's a shipped price, that means that includes shipping. Some people have a add $3 or add $4 for shipping. $3 is the most common, even though it normally costs about $350 to $4 to send a hero click. I always just see $3 as the most common, like shipping price on Facebook. That's what I ship for as well. And I think it almost always costs me more than $3 to ship anything. Uh, if it is like a neoprene map, uh, shipping should probably be at least 10 bucks. 10 to 12 dollars depending on how because those things are just really heavy uh so sending maps like that you're going to want them to be a little bit more expensive which just adds to the whole thing and then colossals should normally be upwards of six to seven dollars for shipping uh yep. just because they weigh more and that's just kind of the how things work in the post office so and yeah. that's Continental U.S. shipping. Continental uh, U.S. shipping, yeah. If it is international and you're trading or selling international, always say uh, we'll calculate the international shipping. There's a very easy way to do that on the U.S. UPS uh, site, stuff like that. And then you can go ahead and calculate and be like, this is what it's going to cost me to physically send this to you. So that plus the normal price, please. And then that normally is A-OK. Yeah, I've made a sale or two. Um, learned my lesson real quick, but I've made a, a sale or two. Uh, to someone internationally, they said, this is the price shipped. And I said, yep. And they said, okay, cool. Here's my address. And shipping ended up being like 12 bucks because it was overseas. And uh, it's a bit too late. I mean, if I was a mean, nasty person, I could have said like, hey, you didn't tell me you were in oh, one of these huge. weirdo <laughs> other countries. <laughs> no, Wait, uh, this isn't America. You know, like... <laughs> This is, this is not what I trained yeah, for. Tricky. What in the world? So, yeah, you're absolutely going to want uh, – be up if you're buying this. This also goes for buying. If you're from a different country than they are, be upfront about it. Like maybe you can't tell or no. It's like it's easy to say like, hey, I'm in Canada or New Zealand or whatever. Is that okay? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. just shipping will cost a little bit more. You know, they'll still gladly sell you the piece. They just like they just need to know that shipping is going to cost more. Uh, is it okay if you pay me more for shipping so I can physically get it to you? That would be awesome. Uh, totally uh, no, about that. Yeah, I'll happily trade or sell with people from like Australia, but it's got to be stuff that's going to be worth that thirty dollars shipping. Um, if it's like a single piece and it's like one super rare, I'm like, hey man, you got to like. You gotta give me a big old list because we gotta make this worth it. It's yeah. already gonna cost thirty dollars. Weight isn't really gonna be an issue at this point. We yeah. need to we need to bump up the numbers. Gotta send more than just this little thing for it to be worth my time <clears throat> and filling out the big form and paying all the like yeah. Yeah, for sure. So personally, I prefer to sell on eBay. Um, I like Ooh. that buffer, the anonymity. I like not knowing who I am selling to 
because sometimes it honestly makes me feel bad if I'm selling to somebody that uh, like I've played before or somebody that's like somewhat local or something. And it's a piece. I mean, yes, they'll get it and it'll have my name on it when it ships to them. But I can't be the bad guy and sell for the full price if it's somebody that I know. And to get my best to get my best dollar out of the figures, I always go to eBay. Um, and eBay does take their charge. PayPal will then take their charge, and then you will also have to pay shipping. So. If you list it as free shipping, then you're going to have to eat three different like charges. And to go along with shipping, um, I used to use Stamps.com. This is not a plug for Stamps.com. It's okay. a subscription-based service, and you can print out like U.S. postage. It'll give you the cheapest price that you can get on U.S. postage. You can type in the weight and the size of the box and it'll show you the options. Um, even the cheapest option comes with tracking, and you'll always want to give the purchaser tracking or the person that you're trading to tracking so that they, well, you and bo- them both are going to want to know if this package is making it correctly. Um, but I, I used to use stamps.com. It's like a $12 membership each month, which is a little hefty unless you're trading a lot or selling a lot, but it, it really does save you a lot of time and money if you are somebody that's putting out like a high volume of trades or sales because you basically you print off your postage you don't have to go anywhere you just stick it on your box with the stuff inside it you set it on your porch or in your mailbox your postman picks it up in the morning and that's it you're done uh, PayPal works the same way. If someone buys something from you and they do it over PayPal on like a Facebook trade group, you can buy your postage on PayPal. It will save you more money than if you just drive to the post office. Um, don't ask me how it works. I don't know why <laughs> the middleman is cheaper than the direct source, but it is. Uh, the same thing that you pay at the post office will be like a dollar cheaper on PayPal or on stamps.com or on eBay. Either one of those, all three of those, is cheaper than actually going to the post office. Um, But that said, I have done a lot of trades and a lot of sales and gone directly to the post office. Uh, It's a fairly simple transaction. They weigh it. They make sure you have the right address, and you sign off on it, and you're good to go. They give you a receipt with the tracking number. You either send a picture of the tracking number or copy it and send that to the person that you're sending to and then you're done um pretty easy after all of that you just leave like leave your trade feedback leave your buyer feedback seller feedback whatever you got to do and uh i don't know that's that's my favorite way i like to sell on ebay i like to trade on facebook I will trade on HC Realms. It takes a lot longer to go through on HC Realms because it's not the direct message route that Facebook has. Uh, if someone doesn't log on for two days, they don't have a notification until they log on. So that's kind of a bummer. But HC Realms is the safer way. It's also, if I have like a long-standing trade, like a big list of stuff, I usually throw it up on HC Realms before I post it on Facebook. That way, I've got it on both, and HC Realms will eventually get around to it. Um, I guess there, uh, to throw out another one, there is the Reddit 
HeroClix Marketplace. It's fairly inactive, but you will find the occasional person posting on there. Um, that's definitely another option. Uh, I would still... I don't know. I'd be hesitant because Reddit's another anonymous place, but there is no trade feedback on there, so you might ask for some sort of endorsement when you trade on there if you do go that route. Right on. Uh, just to kind of finish it up here, uh, like we were saying, getting rid of commons and uncommons, a great way to do that or get rid of rares and other things that you're having a really hard time selling is I like to sell stuff to CoolStuffInc.com. Uh, I... They have a huge buy list, and it's a fairly easy uh, service to use. And if you do store credit, they give you an extra 25%. It'll obviously be a little a little under to be uh, kind of a lot under sometimes of what their going rate is because they're basically just like when you sell things to GameStop. Uh, they want to sell it at that for themselves, so they will pay you a little less. Uh, but if you do the 25% uh, trade-in sort of way, where you're just going to, like, the way I still think of it as Heroclix money for Heroclix money, uh, just like 25% extra for Cool Stuff Inc. cash specifically, I do that. I did that too when I bought a entire collection one time. I basically sold that. Plus, they'll buy bulk, which is commons and uncommons, or bulk super rares and chases for 25 cents. Commons and uncommons are 5 cents. Uh, that, with the 25% boost, is very helpful in getting rid of stuff that you couldn't just move for a very long time. Besides that, they'll normally have a fairly uh, decent buy list where you can have a, just sell a ton of stuff. And you're like, look, it's easier to sell a bunch of this for a little bit less than having to piece it all individually and sell it to people later. Uh, so that is always an option. So check that out. Buy lists and stuff like that are pretty huge. Uh, if I just don't feel like dealing with people... <laughs> And cool oh, yeah. stuff is great because if they pay you and not uh, you, you don't choose to do the um, store credit thing, they will send you PayPal and it'll be friends and family, which is really awesome. I really appreciate yep. that. So that's always really cool. Yeah, uh, I prefer I do prefer the store credit because that does count towards your ever expanding uh, discount. So if you get the store credit and then you buy more singles with that store credit, it will count towards that discount. Uh, they have different tiers depending on what you've spent. I think it caps out at like 15% off, but that's pretty big. Like 15% off of like all their singles, like just like, you know, bar none kind of thing is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, that's definitely an option. Um, that's usually like my last ditch kind of effort or for like the cheaper stuff. Uh, if I am selling a lot of stuff, I'll usually pick out the more expensive pieces first, see if I can sell those online and then send the rest to cool stuff or um, just give them away. There's a lot of... I've given away a lot, lot, lot of commons and uncommons and rares in the last couple of years. Right on. Well, that's really about all I have. Yep, I think that wraps it up for this week. Um, I, I think if, you know, if you're ready to get into the game, this probably isn't your biggest obstacle but it's definitely something that's going to come up soon um, right buying selling trading uh oh and then one thing that we really i don't I, I don't know if i marked on it enough but i did say uh hero clicks is a like it's a diminishing return so keep that in mind when you're getting stuff if you want to turn it for like if you pulled a good chase and you want to sell it you got to sell it right away um it's not going to be worth the same as it will be within like two years. 
occasionally a chase will go up in price within the first couple months, but usually it only goes down. Um, and then other than that, I think that goes a lot with buying. If you're looking at some piece that's like a new chase and you're like, man, I really want that. Like when ultra chase Thanos for first popped out, there were some that were selling for 500, 400 bucks all over the place. Um, now he's going for about 200. So that's still a ton of money, especially to a new player. That probably sounds crazy, but that's a $300 difference from, you know, only a couple of months. So yeah, definitely wait it out, wait out the heavier pieces that you really want. Um, you might end up waiting until they've already rotated and they're no longer modern. That's fine if it's just a figure that you really want, but you don't want to spend the money. Uh, I'd always suggest doing that. Patience is is the key to victories. <laughs> like, kind of to quote our, our good friend Cap from Homecoming again, but patience really is the key to victory when it comes to saving yourself the most amount of money when buying hero clicks. But I think we're ready to jump into the rest of the episode. So, whoa, Time Warp. Hello, you went ahead and skipped New Clicks on the Block. Or maybe you didn't. Maybe you just listened to all those amazing ramblings about trades and such. Well, we'll go ahead and get started with the rest of the episode, starting with the news. This was a pretty big week for news, actually. We got to learn more about the Martian Manhunter OP kit. We have all those dials spoiled. Plus, we have more information and two spoilers for the upcoming Fantastic Four Heroclix set. Simeon, tell me a bit about that. Oh, yeah. They really slipped it in at, like, the last second. Um, I was not expecting Fantastic Four stuff this soon, but... Uh, as you know, as you may know, Fantastic Four starter set, the six-figure starter set uh, with potentially... Uh, it's going to potentially have like a campaign kind of thing that you can do with it. That is slated for early 2020. Um, I think it was January, but I think it got pushed back to February. And that's, that's all I really know about the date on that. I think it's uh, kind of in flux right now. But we got... Some new, uh, new dials. We got Doctor Doom and we got Invisible Woman. To go along with that, we did get it confirmed that there is going to be the Cosmic Clash that's coming out early 2020. Um, but later in the year, they said that they're expanding the cast of characters and it's going to hit tabletops with a booster brick. So that means five-figure booster of Fantastic Four, potentially, I'm assuming. I hope. I don't know. Um, and then it says, and soon after that, the search for Galactus. So when I hear this, Ooh. I assume, I assume like Fantastic Four early, and then later in the year, I assume summer, which makes me think summer OP kit, uh, summer organized play event, which would make a great organized play event if Galactus is the grand prize and the boosters are Fantastic Four stuff. That'd be pretty awesome. Um, I'm hoping that's what it is. If it's just, you know, a standard set, also great. Can't wait to see more about it. But that's... What do you think? Uh, would you prefer organized play kit? I just feel like we haven't had a... We haven't had a grand prize like Galactus in a while. And I really want that. 
I don't think I've been excited for a grand prize since the Quinjet, probably, uh, in a OP I'd never played in. But once I saw it, I was like, man, I kind of want to drive three hours every week or every month just to play in that because I thought the Quinjet looked amazing. So I really hope we get a good – I really hope this Galactus is a grand prize and not just some uh, convention exclusive where it's like, hey, you showed up. Give us money and you can have them. <laughs> it's like, ah, well, that doesn't feel as fun to be real with you guys. So, yeah, no, I really hope he is a OP kit thing. It's going to call back to the Avengers set, you know, the first carded set and stuff like that. That'll be really cool. Um, yeah, and, no. uh, hey, WizKids, if you're listening, we know you are. Uh, this is your favorite podcast. Let's throw not, up let's some not. posters. <laughs> throw up some posters oh, yes, for Galactus please. again. Yeah. Let's, let's get cool. some more. Some like some of the check boxes, so you can tell how much of the set you have. Let's get some of the big scary posters that say like "coming soon." Uh, I don't remember what they all so like showed, but man, did those like garner attention and get people like steaming about stuff. Um, just today, we had like we only had three people show up to today's uh, like casual event. But we had a bunch of the people in the store that were just walking around, like looking at stuff, stopping and like looking at what we were doing. And if I had a big poster to show them and be like, "Hey, you know what that is?" and they were like, "Yeah, that's Galactus," and I was like, "Oh yeah, he's coming. He's just coming. you wait." <laughs> and they'd be like, "Well, I better, I better listen to new clicks on the block and get ready to play because I want that Galactus." That's right. Better pick up your Fantastic Four starter set. And figure out how to play this game so you can win that Galactus, man. But yeah, absolutely. I want something to get people excited in the game. Even if it's like Galactus's like big old boot or something. I don't care what it is. Let's let's have some <laughs> cool cool media for it. Let's do it. All right. You want to go ahead. Uh, let's try to keep it relatively quick on the previews this week since there are a lot of them, or at least enough of them. Uh, you can go ahead and do Doctor Doom, and we'll try not to spend more than like two three minutes on a figure if we can help it. All right. I'm going to talk real fast then. Dr. Doom. He's got keywords Cabal, Latveria, Armor, Cosmic, Mystical. Can't read that one. Ruler and Scientist. Oh, Politician. Politician, Ruler, and Scientist. Real name, Victor Von Doom. He's got the Scarface. Really cool sculpt. His classic armor. Big ol' energy effect on his fist. He's got a trait. Only Doom is fit to rule. He's got leadership, but instead he removes the action token from himself. How cool. On a 5 through 6, removes an action token from himself. When Dr. Doom uses it and succeeds, until your next turn, he can see through hindering. He has protected mind control and outwit. Other powers and abilities can't remove action tokens from Dr. Doom is a separate part of the trait. So you're not leadershipping off of Doom. Um... You're not, you know, you're not taking action tokens off in another way, but there are ways to boost your leadership. So I think this guy's pretty sweet for that trait alone. He's got a special attack power, Photon Array, gives him energy explosion. When Doctor Doom hits with a ranged attack after resolutions, give each hit character an action token. If you can't deal that character one penetrating damage, three lightning bolts, seven range. Starting with a 12 attack, he's got three three uh, starting lines, so if you play him at 300, which is what I'm going to do, Dr. Doom deserves 300 points. He's going to have a 12 attack with this special energy explosion, and it doesn't say if they're damaged, it says each hit character. So even if they reduce the energy explosion, they're going to take either an action token or one penetrating, so that's pretty cool. 
he has three stop clicks if you play him at 300 points. His stop click is, you have anger, doom. Stop. Toughness. When Dr. Doom is targeted by an attack, you may choose a standard defense power that you haven't chosen this turn. Dr. Doom can use that power for this attack. Oh, you're attacking me? Guess what? I have Mastermind. And now my Doom bot is destroyed. Oh, you're attacking me again? Guess what? I've got combat reflexes. And now I've got a 21 defense. Oh, you're shooting at me now? I've got energy shield and a 21 defense. Uh, this is click two that he's got the stop click on. And then it's it's click two no matter which starting line. So if you start him at 200 points, it'll be on his second click. If you start him at 100 points, his second click. And he's got prob control on each one of these. So that uh, energy shield combat reflex is going to be big. Picking invincible, mastermind, super senses, you know, the drill, all the powers. He's got one special damage power. Few men as subtle as Dr. Doom. So subtle. This giant green cape wearing man with guy. huge energy effect. So subtle. He's got outwit, free, choose an opposing character of lower points within four squares and line of fire and a power, standard or special, they can use. The chosen character can't use that power until your next turn. So he's got outwit and then he's got free, choose an opposing character within four squares and line of fire. They can't use that power. That's like double outwit. But uh, it's not outwit, so things that are protected outwit aren't protected from that. That's Ooh. pretty gnarly. Seven range, three targets, endom, flight. Because uh, why wouldn't he? Symbol. You know, he's very doomish. Uh, one last thing, he's got a new Doom team ability, Minions of Doom. This is not the old Doom Minions of Doom team ability. When this character KOs a standard opposing character after resolutions, heal one click on a friendly character using this team ability. That means this Doom can heal up. He's he got can some, heal uh, off those stop clicks. What a what a oh, nice yeah. guy. That 19 defense, 18 defense, 17 defense, uh, those really cool stop clicks. Um, he goes from that special attack power to uh, pulse wave on clicks 2 and 3. Uh, he gets some outwit, but you really want that special outwit one. He goes back to that special power on each of his starting lines on 200 points. Instead of going to Pulse Wave, he goes to Pen Psy with Sidestep. He starts with Running Shot. He's got it for most of his dial. His last two clicks are phasing, so he can run away and regen, which is what he's got his last two clicks. Uh, really stellar piece. Really good way to make a 300 piece, 300 point piece viable against a team of, I don't know, maybe four that are fantastic. I don't I don't know what he would play against. Why why did you say it like that? Ugh. Jeez, <laughs> what in the world? You all right? You having a stroke or something? Ugh, that's what I, I don't know. Huh. Weird. What a weird guy. That's just no, the way I, I word sentences I is, yeah, I think this Doom is awesome. I think he's really cool. Uh, the Return of Doom. The Tomb of Doom. I'm very glad. This is a very fitting way to have him return. Uh, I'm not as excited about it as everybody else is. I'm sure I could definitely be more hyped. Um, but this is a really awesome Dr. Doom. I love the flavor text and all his powers. Uh, his facing teleport, uh, the door, like a peasant, is so good. <laughs> it's so good. Like, the arrogance, the how full of himself oh, is, like, of Dr. Yeah, Doom. Yeah, so just, Doom. Oh, it's so, it's awesome. I love everything about this Dr. Doom. I think he's a beast, a powerhouse, everything people wanted a brand new Dr. Doom to be, and I hope everybody's really happy with this. It seems that Whiskids was really going all out, uh, when they were bringing the Fantastic Four back, so he's pretty sweet. Next up 
He's good old old Susan Storm. Who boy. What what isn't there to say? She comes in at 175, 100 or 75. Fantastic 14 ability, 5 range, 2 bolts. Flight being her only special combat symbol. Uh, she is Fantastic Four Lady Liberators, Celebrity and Scientist. She has improved targeting, ignores hindering terrain. She has one trait, Hide and Seek. Free, choose one. Until your next turn, opposing characters can't target Invisible Woman unless they began their turn within three squares of her. Or, terrain markers are considered clear for line of fire this turn if Invisible Woman is within four squares of them. Kind of helps uh, your team out, which is really cool. I like she can be very protective for herself, or she can help the rest of her team. Very cool. I like it a lot. Her defense power that she has on her first click, her last click, and then on click three and four, which is also her first two clicks of her 75-point line, is you'd be surprised what lengths I can go when pushed. Barrier and toughness. Will, barrier, toughness, willpower. Excuse me. When Invisible Woman uses barrier, after resolutions, you may knock back two squares, any number of opposing characters adjacent to these markers. She's making a big old force field barrier. That's really cool. I think that's like a really neat, effective way to use barrier. It's excellently paired with her top dial sidestep it works a lot and i really enjoy it she has a special damage power on her very last click which is johnny stay with me it's a stop click but only if another friendly character the fantastic four keyword is on the map and then it also gives her shape change so top dial like i said she has sidestep she has telekinesis then she has support for her first three clicks and then uh within you know getting that special defense power to normal defense power she has uh defend uh she has a 19 defense top dial for her first two clicks and then on her last click uh her defense is an 18 everywhere else which is pretty insane and then our last uh four clicks she has shape change the whole time force blast on her last three in cap in the middle of the dial wow she is an insanely cool support piece that doesn't do the regular you know perplex prop outwit sort of style support powers it's actual support it's telekinesis it's barrier and it's really refreshing. Seeing through stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing through stuff. What a gal, this Sue Storm. And she's a really good taxi, which is fantastic. I assume her and Johnny are going to be the taxis for The Thing and Mr. Fantastic, unless we somehow get a Fantastic Car, which would be cool. Hint, oh, yeah. Hint. Just saying. I didn't even think about that. Fantastic Car would be pretty dope. You know, maybe that a would Herbie be A Herbie bystander? Our what? Yeah, that too. <laughs> uh, the only uh, no. bad thing is the Fantastic Four team ability isn't different. It's the same no. thing. When this character is KO'd after resolutions, each other friendly character using this team ability heals a click, which is cool. That's great and all, but she's kind of meant to, like, not die. Like, she's got a whole stop click and everything to kind of help, you know? Like, they're not easy to KO. I assume all of them, or at least a couple of them, have uh, this whole last click, stop click thing. I just wish a new team ability... You know, I was kind of bummed yeah. that Doom got so to work. So as the Fantastic Four is slowly picked off, Doom will heal, but also the remaining members of Fantastic Four will also heal. Yes. So that's nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think it's a great job for uh, the best Green Lantern um, that we have. Um, the best Green Lantern, huh? Yeah, I don't know if you knew that about Sue Storm, but she's yeah. she's the best version those of Green just, Lantern. Those are just see-through constructs that aren't green. Yeah, no, I, I get yeah. it. I so totally I, I still don't think we've gotten like a, a Jonathan Hickman version of Sue Storm, where she's like bisecting submarines underwater and yeah. making like perpetual motion machines out of her force con- constructs and fighting celestials. But a 19 defense defend... What? That's that's pretty. What? That's pretty gnarly. For a hundred points, that's crazy. I mean, uh, just in casual, that's gonna be like rough 
when you're like, it's a little nuts. yeah, I've got all these guys with combat reflexes and energy shield, so like, come at me with that 21 defense that I have all around because oh. two storm is there. Um, that's pretty sweet. Even at 75 points, super solid figure. Um, Absolutely. 75 Absolutely. points with a stop click and all that other stuff. Yeah, just nutso. All right, moving on to the DC side of things. Ooh, DC. So we got a new Martian Manhunter OP kit. Uh, we got to see the really cool new sculpt of Martian Manhunter. We got to see the Rebirth reuse sculpt. This isn't Rebirth. This is, excuse me, Trinity War Trinity Batman War? sculpt. Yeah. yeah, I think it's Trinity War. And then the Trinity War Despero sculpt. So I'll go ahead. I'm going to be talking about two of the figures. So we'll start off with the main man himself, Martian Manhunter. I want to say before I get into this, there's a lot of controversy surrounding Martian Manhunter. Sort of, not really. I absolutely love him, and y'all need to quit you're whining. So let's get right into <laughs> it. I'm going to do some has... whining when you're done. Oh, I know you are. I know you are. But I love it because he's beautifully comic accurate. People are like, oh, <laughs> you really – I'm, I'm going to read it, and then I'll go into making fun of our listeners and other people. <laughs> and then I'll talk about <laughs> why I love this Martian Manhunter and why you guys need to chill out a little bit. He has one trait. He has flight seven range, no indom, which is what he should have. Aha! <laughs> Anyways, he has Justice League trademark, Justice League International and Detective – he ignores characters and destroys blocking when he moves through it. His trait reads, Enraged Chaco's Hunt. At the beginning of the game, generate five light, object name, light objects named Chaco that an opponent places anywhere on the map at least five squares away from each other. At the beginning of your turn, if a Chaco object is on the map, deal Martian Manhunter one unavoidable damage, and until your next turn, he can use Battle Fury and modifies his combat values plus one. When he picks up a Chaco object or hits an opposing character holding a Chaco object, after resolutions, remove that object from the game and heal him two clicks. Opposing characters have power if there are no Chaco objects on the map or held. Generate a light object named Chaco. All right, no, 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 you don't get to speak yet. We have to look at his dial. All right, we have to look at his dial. We have to see why taking one unavoidable every single turn until we get rid of these Chacos is not terrible. Uh, well, two one bad you're thing. going actions oh, yeah. back to back. That's true. Because no Indom. Because no Indom. He's hungry, Simeon. He doesn't have Indom. Are you Are you showing a lot of willpower when you're munching on chocolate cookies? No, I don't no, think I'm so. bursting through walls because I forgot how to phase because I'm so angry. <laughs> He's angry. This is a beautiful uh, reference to the comic uh, Just League International where Booster Gold and Blue Beetle play this prank on him and he like destroys a city where it's like Co-City or Metropolis or whatever. It's awesome. His dial is nine clicks long. It's beautifully sectioned into these little three click by three click uh, sections. So he has nine speed with hypersonic speed, ten attack with precision strike, 17 defense with invincible, and 3 damage with shape change for his first 3 clicks, then he goes with 8 with charge, 11 with super strength, 17 with impervious, then he goes up to a 4 damage with nothing in his middle 3 clicks. His last 3 clicks, he goes into 7 with sidestep, 10 attack with nothing, 17 defense with toughness, and a 3 damage with close combat expert. I wish, uh, number 1, he, think about all these combat values, but think of them with normally 9, nine times out of 10, 90% of the time, he'll have a plus one to all his combat values. I wish he had an 18 defense instead of a 17 all the way through, because if he's going to be already taking so much free damage, uh, he should be a little bit more difficult to hit than he is. He can get uh, one or two turned very easily, uh, thanks to his Chaco craving, 
But besides that, let's look at this not as a Martian Manhunter that you want to just be a generic blah, blah, blah Martian Manhunter because, boom, we haven't got a Martian Manhunter in so long. No, come on. Have some fun with it. This is a beautifully <laughs> a beautifully unique and cool Martian Manhunter with a really awesome idea. There are all sorts of characters that have to find things on the map, like Collector or whatever, and I love that we get a not-so-serious version of John Jones. We get a fun Martian Manhunter who just wants to eat some chocolate chip cookies saying that, is he great? Uh, no, I wouldn't go that far, uh, since he doesn't get to use the most out of his 7 range or hypersonic speed top dial with getting Battle Fury most of the time. But I think he is really fun and casual, and if you want to play a really fun, comic-accurate Justice League International or Justice League team, this is a great Martian Manhunter. And I, I want to have him just to play him a few times, because it's such a beautiful and fun and really unique and cool ability that I just want to try it out. Now, let the complaining uh, commence. All right. Um, I'm not going to complain too much because I agree with you. I absolutely... The sculpt on this guy is beautiful. We haven't had a Martian cool. Manager in a, a cool long sculpt. time. There's a few ways around this damage every turn. You can pop him in a vehicle... Uh, congratulations, you've paid 150 points for Martian Manhunter and a dune buggy. Um, but he's not going to take unavoidable damage if you do that. I actually do like the unavoidable damage. I wish they gave him a click zero, like we've seen with some Marvel stuff, because he will never be on click one. Once it's your first turn, he's on click two. There's no way to destroy five objects in a single turn, so there's no way that he's never starting like on click two. He's just always on click two. I wish click one would have just been like in like a blank dial because you just won't be there. Um, yeah, he can heal up to it, I suppose. That's one. That's the one saving grace he really has. Um, negating the fact that he's 120 points, has a 17 defense with no indom. And I'm like, did you listen to any of that Marvel stuff that we just talked about with those crazy cool stats and powers for way less points? Or like, I mean, Doom was more points, but even the 100-point version of Doom would probably tear this guy apart because he's not protected outwit, not protected anything, no indom. Hey, he's gonna, quit saying the he's no just... indom. He's hungry, all right? He wants chocolate <laughs> sandwich cookies. He's not going to have willpower. The worst, the have worst willpower. part about this guy is I can wait in my starting area for him to die. Because <laughs> you can power action and continue to make these. Uh, one thing I would have loved to see is if they gave him a stop click that said, when this power is revealed, heal him X amount of clicks where X is equal to the m number of Choco cookies still on the board and then destroy those Choco cookies or oh, that maybe not destroy kind of neat. just something like something uh -huh. that's like, you know, so your opponent has a reason to get rid of them as well, potentially. Um, I really do like the fact that he can heal two from picking one up or hitting an opponent that has one. That's pretty cool. I am absolutely going to get one of these guys so that I can play it. I don't care if I lose horribly. Um, and then my last point is the minimum damage that he's going to do his entire dial. Unless you're like some crazy, some crazy kooky plan where you're going to destroy all these cookies somehow. The minimum damage he's going to do is four. Uh, on clicks four through six, he has a potential of doing seven just by picking up a heavy object on 7 through 9 he's got a potential of doing 
6 damage because he's got close combat expert and plus 1 stats most likely. Um, so he is a powerhouse. He's just a very finesse piece that is not going to not going to auto win you any games. He's going to be very hard to to keep alive cuz I could see Turn one, you move him up. He's already on click two because you took an unavoidable. Maybe you pick up an object and you heal back to click one. Um, your opponent outwits your invincible, shoots you for like four or five, and now all of a sudden you have like toughness and you're going to keep taking the unavoidable. Um, once he gets off that hypersonic and he can't pick up objects and heal, it's going to be rough. The fact that your opponent gets to place all of them is also rough. Uh, but honestly, I still do like it. He's I fun. think once people, once people play it, I think that they'll enjoy it. I think we were just hoping for a lot more when we saw the 120 point value. I think if you took about 20 points off this guy's 100% a-okay to be real with you. Yeah. yeah. I think if you took 70 points off, he'd be meta. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not even joking. I think for 50 points, he would have absolutely oh, been I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean. worth playing. Um, but what isn't? Uh, let's talk about what isn't. Despero. Oof. Real name, Despero. So new every day. <laughs> he's got Injustice League, Cosmic, Mystical, and Ruler. Um, he's the big cyclop- cyclopic monster. I don't know. He's pink. He's got a mohawk. He's a... Uh, it's like a dinosaur thing. He's pretty cool. He's got one special power, and that's it. Enjoy the tragic mem- memories, Martian. So a little shade thrown at John Jones. Ooh. Mind control with three targets. When Despero uses it, after resolutions, deal one penetrating damage to each character he hit. I really, really like that. I wish that it came with like a sidestep or a running shot. Um, you could always equip him with something to do that. Um, but he starts off at 150 points. He's got that special speed power for his first four clicks. He can also be played at 110 points, where he's got that speed power for two clicks, three and four. Uh, he also has Quake for his first four clicks, so you can either mind control or Quake him. The Kalinorian destruction. Um, he goes from invincible on clicks one and two with shape change to Invuln on clicks 3, 4, and 5, 6. Uh, and then eventually he gets regen on his last two clicks. He goes from 3 damage to 2. He's got a mid-dial of no quake, but he gets Pensai with running shot finally. And he goes from 4 damage down to 3, clicks 5, 6, 7, 8. Um, his attack kind of suffers, but I do really like this top-dial mind control so i'm looking at playing him at 110 with the goblin glider for running shot triple target mind control and one penetrating damage i really like this because colossal retaliation sucks and if you can hit a couple colossals punch another couple colossals and then the colossals that you mind controlled just poof because they all take one penetrating there's not a single colossal retaliator that has something that can reduce penetrating so that's pretty cool um, definitely not going to be meta, but I mean, it's Despero. He's cool. It's going to be a fun piece. This whole thing is about having a fun piece. I think, um, I agree. 
other than that, what is the Injustice League team ability? I didn't even think to look that up. I believe that is the same as Brotherhood of Mutants, where if they roll a 10 okay. or higher, they remove an action token. Okay, so, I mean, he's got, like, a little bit of potential clearing power there. Yeah. Um, on the face of him, he's a fun piece, but he's not going to be... He's not even really worth the 150 points that you could play him at. I wouldn't uh, think so, no. No, if John Jones isn't worth 120, this guy's definitely not worth 150. Um, an outwit will sink him quick. The fact that he doesn't have a moving attack until over the middle of his dial, click 5, is when he first gets a moving attack. Um, yeah, it's going to be rough going. and his, his defense values are not great. His attack values drop to a 9. Uh... That's that's pretty much all there is. Right on. Finishing us off is another Batman. How? Oh, wow, that's uh, that's really cool. We don't get oh, Batman. That Bruce, Bruce that Wayne. Much. Yeah, uh, that'd be Bruce Wayne. Uh, no oh, one else is Batman. Version. That's yeah, that's a lot of people's favorite version right here. Uh, <laughs> but this is actually kind of a really specific and unique version of Batman that I quite like. Um, it is the haunting panel that all those nerdy Batman fans say to me every time I say my favorite Green Lantern is Guy Gardner. So let's go ahead and jump right into this <laughs> One Batman. punch, Guy Gardner. <laughs> uh, 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 so Did you get it, Calder? Yeah, because, yeah. Because he knocked he, Guy Gardner out in one punch. Out with one punch. Did you yeah, get it? Wow. I've never oh heard that gosh. before. Oh my gosh. Guy Gardner got uh, Oh man. What a, what a, he clearly my favorite comic. Good Green Lantern. Ugh. Uh, at 65 points, Batman uh, has six range. Indom is his only special combat symbol. He has the JLA and Batman allied team ability. He has no traits. He has two special powers uh, that he starts with. He has sidestep for his first three clicks, plasticity for his last three, a special attack power for his first four, and then quake. Sorry, excuse me, pulse wave on his last two. And then he goes ahead and he gets a special damage power on his first three, perplex on his last three mastermind for his first three clicks and then toughness on his last three clicks very interesting and top dial mastermind batman i think that's really cool his special attack power that he has for his first four is one punch see this is the this is that 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 thing you know power make a close attack if the attack hits after resolutions give the hit character two action tokens and until your next turn that character can't be given any free actions effectively like totally 100 percent knocking someone out it is a power action which makes sense batman uh took it from uh, an unprepared guy gardener to a full like good twist through the hips into it boom punch uh the sidestep helps him get around to getting his little one punch off his damage power is we do it my way or no way and it's leadership when batman uses it and succeeds this turn whenever a friendly character with the justice league or justice league international keyword hits all targets with an attack after resolutions, you may roll a d6 on a 3 through 6, remove an action token from that character, which is a really, really cool leadership. I wish that other part worked, uh, even if he didn't succeed, but I guess it makes sense. If Batman is being a good leader, then everybody else will do a little bit better. And yeah, I just like the idea... That's busted when it rolls off, because oh, that's yeah, over, awesome. over a 50-50 chance, so that's... Over. Yeah. I mean, I say busted. It's not busted, but it's really good. Real good. Uh, and then the couple of his, like, powers are also kind of referencing, like, the one punch specifically to Guy Gardner, like his pulse wave is, cover your eyes, yes, you too, Gardner. Uh, you know, and then his toughness is, are you threatening a fellow member? 
Gardner, stuff like that. So it makes it really cool. So I need this Batman for his clear references to Guy Gardner, which I think is really neat. And once again, whether or not this is a good Batman or whatever, it's a very specific comic-accurate version of Batman, which I think is really fun. Even though this wasn't obviously the costume he had in uh, the 90s where this no. took place. No, no, no. Uh, this is the you know New 52 uh, Trinity War sort of looking weird costume. Either way, a sculpt swap or whatever is fine. And I just think this is a really fun, a really fun Batman, honestly. I think it's cool. And I'm glad they made yeah. it. Yeah. I really like this Batman. Um, I like the fact that he's 65 points, which is almost half Martian Manhunters. And Ooh. he has Indom. That's really cool. Uh, oh, being weird. half points and having a power that uh, Martian Manhunter doesn't have. He's hungry That's for the really, cookies, really Simeon. Uh, <laughs> I really like that I can uh, sculpt swap him with uh, Saitama, uh if we have ever get one. And then I'll have... Uh, one punch! Ah, woo. You know, uh, my favorite. Shoot. What'd you say? You said do it again and do, no, this, no, do the whole no, song. Please, no, 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 no. Do the I, dance I with like, it. We need like an earbud <laughs> check. That like that freaks me out. Oh, uh, right oh yeah. <laughs> my bad. Um, no, that's never, never be sorry for your art, Simeon. For your <laughs> just the the fact phrases. that the uh, yeah, the memes of this whole between the cookies. And the One Punch Man references, I, I think this is probably the best DC kit that we've gotten in a while. It's hard to beat, really. I'm be real. Yeah. Whether or not you like these figures or not, it's kind of hard to beat with how funny it is, how clever it is. Yeah, Despero well. being the standout of uh, his like flavor text isn't that great. Yeah, but that is kind of a bummer. The other two, the flavor text is on point. On point. So, absolutely, and that will do it for news this week. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and move into our Patreon ranking up ceremony, which normally happens the second week of every month. But I'm gonna be real with you guys, kind of forgot about it. December was a really busy month, especially uh, last weekend for me. So, excuse me for missing out on that. We have two people ranking up this month. Loyal Miller is gonna go from a protagonist to a superhero slash villain. If you wanna go ahead and get a hold of us, we can go ahead and get your title changed over. And then Taylor Ward is gonna go from a vigilante to a protagonist. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. This is a good time for me to go ahead and go into a few new things that we published on our Patreon. I want to start getting more people in the Discord so we can start doing Bad Samaritan every week. We only have about four or five people in the Discord besides me and Simeon. I think it would be quite fun to start doing Bad Samaritan on there. I think a lot of people would enjoy that. I've also upgraded all the tiers, which is really cool. So, uh, if you do three or more dollars a month, you will get a Dial H sticker. So I'll be getting a lot of people's addresses this month and making that out to them. Five dollars more a month will get you a action token, and these are all will also always get you into the Discord server and our giveaways every month. So at five bucks a month, you will get one Dial H action token. At $7 a month, you'll get both a sticker and an action token every single month. But at $10 a month, you'll get a sticker and you'll get three action tokens every month. So you can really start making stacks on stacks on stacks. We have a few different sticker designs. We, of course, have Howdy Howdy, Let's Get Rowdy, uh, which needs to be updated with the new logo. We have the current logo sticker. We have the Hero Clicks. We're on it. I printed out a few of those for anyone that wants them. Uh, and then we also have the old classic logo if there's any interest in that. I'm going to try to try to make more sticker designs because they're quite fun to do. And I'll also be taking anybody else's suggestions. But seriously, thank you guys so much to all of those that support us. And we can go ahead and move on into community. There are dozens of us. Dozens! 
Ooh, Simeon, are you ready for the Community Tuesdays question this week? Oh, yeah. Hey, what This is actually it? something I'm, I'm really, really interested in, really near and dear to my heart. The Community Tuesday question was, what is your favorite clicks effect or FX? So, if you don't know, a clicks effect, effect, is something that's on the sculpt. It's uh, lightning, it's uh, flight, it's fire, it's brimstone, it's uh, laser beams, it's something like that. A clicks FX is something that is separate from the sculpt that uh, WizKids popped out in uh, Joker's Wild, Superior Foes of Spider-Man. I think those were the only two sets that we really got them in. Uh, yes. And we're going to go ahead right. and throw in the 3D bystanders that they occasionally do as well. Uh, Carousel's pack, uh, Red Wolf's Lobo, Lobo's dog, all those things. Um, things that can pop off the base, things that have a 3D printed representation of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, my favorite clicks effect, I really like the Speed Force kind of things that Flashes have. I really like the lightning effects that Thors have. And I think my favorite of all time is the old human torch that had the Nova Blast bubble that encased his sculpt. That was cool. I really love that effect. Um, But when it comes to FX, I think that uh, my top one is actually a figure that isn't that good, but it's the Mudman from Joker's Wild, or Clayface, not Mudman, that had the mud marker. And the mud marker was actually kind of a terrible thing to happen to you if you were facing against it, um, especially if you had like a close combat piece and it tied you down for the entire game. But the mud marker was it was just this kind of like brown glob that you would sit under your character and you just have to stare at it turn after turn until you finally got away from it. And occasionally that just never happened because you didn't build your team correctly and. Uh, you went home and uh, you got on uh, Cool Stuff Inc. and you bought that Mudman or that that Clayface to get that Mud Marker because you thought to yourself, "I'm gonna do this to my opponent next time because it hurt me so much this time." What an oddly specific scenario you laid in front of us. Thank oh, you, yeah, Simeon. Just, Very I just cool. That's how people. Not felt that about you. It. Not that you specifically. No, would, obviously. No. I never. I've never played Joker's Wild. Is that a set? What even is that though? <sighs> I, I don't know. The Joker. I mean, of course, the Joker is wild. Don't you play <laughs> Crazy Eights? I don't know. <laughs> Cards. Uh, slap bridge. Jack. Spades. That's the Uno. Joker used in spades? I don't remember, to be honest. Uh, my favorite uh, clicks effect, kind of like shout out to the Thors, all the Thors, all you Thors out there. More specifically, I really like the uh, the hammer spin effect that a lot of Thors have. And also, like, oh, that yeah. was a nunchuck effect for one Michelangelo. I thought that was really cool. Um, and then I really like the, uh, because the AVX Captain America, the animated, whatever you call it, the CG render sculpt, had bullets bouncing off the shield, but the physical one didn't, and it made me really happy when the uh, Avengers Black Panther one had the bullets ricocheting off the sculpt with the little flashes and stuff. So I, I really enjoy that effect. Uh, for a rare. It's a really small... For a rare, yeah. For a rare, it was really cool, and it's just a really small effect that adds that little extra extra bit to it, which I always enjoyed. Um, with that, I really liked uh, Falcon. Falcon's Red Wing. It was really hard to get 
to balance. Like Falcon's Red Wing and Squirrel Girl's Tippy Toe are really cool squirrel like kind of bystander pop-offs that I really enjoy. And I think those are quite fun. In uh, FX, though, I liked Hydroman's Wave. It had a little bit of blue, a little, you know, kind of like how the waves were white, really, really going, you know, real heavy. And then I liked the fire effect, just because, like, hey, you're on fire, so you're on fire, you know? Like, the slash is not so much like a bleeding thing as much as it is like an action that would be like in a video game after Wolverine tries to cut at someone. But the fire effect yeah. is like, yeah, I'm on fire. Someone hit me with fire. Kind of sucks. So I really, I always really enjoyed the, like the fire effect and stuff. I think that's quite fun. Uh, going first, uh, Simeon. Oh, she could go spread the fire. Away. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, I'll like, jump in you, on. Yeah, if it stayed on, how great would that be? That'd be awesome. <laughs> if it was like you're adjacent to a character, and uh, at the end of your turn, you haven't like moved away from adjacency. They collect the fire. That would <laughs> like, be freaking cool. Oh my gosh. All right. Just thinking of like D and D encounters where I've yeah. accidentally spread flame through my quote unquote accidentally. Uh, on Facebook, Tristan Campos says, "I love bringing out bystanders and all clicks FX are nice. A personal favorite clicks FX Firefly from Joker's Wild. There's some fire you're talking about. He will bug ya. Haha, get it? What a guy. Firefly. Get it? Because he's a ya. Firefly. Uh, Superhero. <laughs> Uh, Loyal Miller said, I don't know if we can count Dog from Lobo. So I'll say uh, Storm's Cloud and the Web Marker. But if Dog counts, definitely him. Yeah, I mean, I would want to say bystanders don't count for this. But right. they are really cool. So, uh, I mean, if you were if you were going to say like Johnson, John Constantine, like Bunny... Or, you know, like the the dog or like Lobo's Red Wolf. Like those are all really cool things that are 3D sculpts that pop off. And I'm always happy for a 3D rendering of any kind of effect, even if it is a bystander. Absolutely. Citizen Peter Marshfield says, Favorite clicks FX has to be the web markers. For all the times we've had a Spider-Man that webs people, it's nice to actually have a visual of the effect on the board. If I could request one, I'd ask for Bat Marker, because it would be awesome to get a swarm of bats that block the line of fire when Batman fights. So kind of like mm. them, something that like surrounds Batman. My favorite new effect is the team-wide specific traits, something that goes beyond a team ability like the Serpent Society sneak attack or the Thunderbolts justice-like lightning. Mm. That'd be cool. Thunderbolts getting like a lightning effect for their justice like lightning or like a or like the quicksilver speed uh speed shadow effect that was pretty cool too right on vigilante little plot sorry vigilante jedi legend said clicks effects all the way they're good for some pieces that don't have one and should my favorite is spidey's web because it looks good and is in theme i really do like the spider webs I just wish they had done more than what they did. Yeah. Or if they stacked, if you could put like, because uh, I mean, there's there's comics and cartoons and movies and stuff where Spider-Man just like hits one dude with like web 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 yeah like you know thwip thwip yeah, and the dude's just covered in web, and if you could have like three web markers on one person, and it was like not only like when you have like three, you can't attack, you can't move. If you try and break away, it's like minus two, like all this stuff, you know, and you either have to give like a power action to remove one or you have to successfully break away or, you know, that'd be really cool. 
I think they could redo those. Citizen Ronnie Andrew says, Alan Scott's barrier marker. It is very unique and powerful. Yes, it is. Hiding in stealth? Nope. Need to disengage from someone? Done. Need protection, but no clear terrain? Gotcha, bro. To go along with that, oh, you wanted to do leadership next turn? Too bad there's a wall between you two. Uh, Green Arrow, he's in... He's in clear terrain, so you can't draw a line of fire. Oh, I just blew up that wall that I created, and now he's in hindering. And then I put another wall under him, and now he can't use stealth, so I can shoot him now. Oh, I love, I love that Green Lantern. He's fun. For 35 points, that, the utility is crazy, crazy there. Oh, yeah. Minus one from range? Yeah. Or I think it's just minus one defense. I don't even know if it's from range. It's just... Yeah, he's nice. stacked for 35. Uh, protagonist Ben Jones says Mysterio's smoke cloud puts him in permanent stealth with probability control. Can always find a use for that. Uh, and that was like the purple smoke cloud, too. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. Tyler Murren says, Being a Flash fan, I gotta go with the Speedster one that they gave to Quicksilver and others. Just disappoints the Flash. disappointed the Flash never got one or even just the trait, and a quick shout-out for the light wall marker, pour one out for JSA Green Lantern, who has not made it into my collection yet. Ooh. LOL. Tyler, hit me up. I've got two for trade. Um, that Green Lantern is super fun. Uh, if you put him on a JSA team, I don't think a JSA team is complete without that Green Lantern, mm -hmm. just because of his trait that he shares with them. Um but I, I absolutely love that Quicksilver one as well. Uh, have you ever played the Quicksilver one, Calder? I have not, no. Okay, so he had, like, hypersonic, and any square he moved through, he could leave this speed shadow marker, and then he could make an attack through the speed shadow markers from anywhere on the board. So you could hypersonic, really cool. leave one next to somebody, next turn, hypersonic away, and, like... You could be like 12 squares away and hit him through it. And I want to say, I, I really want to say that he had Flurry when he did it. Ooh. He could use like Flurry That's with fun. his uh, Hypersonic. So yeah, he was he was all kinds of nasty. Right on. On Twitter, Vigilante Collectible said, I love Clicks effects in general, but I especially like the yellow ones that came in the FX pack. I use these to mark Perplex. I normally don't mark my perplex, but I was really curious. I did not know, because I never bought an FX pack. I don't think I really tr totally needed one, but interesting. I didn't know about the yellow ones that came in it or what they were necessarily used for. And I don't really remember yellow being one that I've ever seen in a booster before either. So I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I'm going to say I don't think, to my knowledge, there wasn't a yellow FX Um but I do know what the FX pack that he's talking about. Uh, I don't think there was a figure that came with just like a yellow one. Hmm. I don't know. James, last but not least on Facebook, James Craddock says, As a substitute, the slash markers are great for wounded tokens for Wendigo. For a direct connection, mm. I like the Bamf Cloud for Rare Nightcrawler from UXM. I really do like that Nightcrawler as well. And I hadn't thought about using slash markers for Wendigo, but hey, there's a reason to actually use the effect that I got from Ares and, uh, what's that, Mor Morlin? 
the Spider-Man. Oh yeah, yeah. the vampire one. Yeah. guy. Yeah, the two the two figures that I've never actually played effectively, I can now actually use their slash effects for something. Right on. Uh, Ronnie on Twitter goes to say, Thunderbolts, Speed Demons, after image marker, is amazing to use. Oh, I'm here now. Now I'm gone. Combined with Songbird from Thunderbolts for Slingshot or Incap. Man, the Thunderbolts in general. What's not to love? And he has a really funny gif of Spider-Man jumping around, miss dodging Electro's lightning, which I quite enjoy. And that's going to be the last one I'm going to read on Twitter since we're going a little long this episode. We're moving on to Bonsai's Discord question. That is right. Bonsai Um, tree. Here we go. Uh, so, <laughs> super fan. Sorry, excuse me. That was like way wrong, and I apologize for that. This is me killing time. Vigilante bonsai tree and sapling uh, went ahead and sent us on Discord a really cool question, which I quite enjoyed. Uh, so something came to mind over in Community Tuesdays. What are some of your favorite multi-universal, multiversal crossover team-ups? Characters, combos, or teams? Non-theme, generic theme, or rare cross-universal named theme team? Simeon, give us your like favorite non-theme kind of Marvel DC mix-mash team-up characters. Uh, my favorite non-themed... Man. Uh, I was going to say, like, non-named theme uh which i guess would be generic theme uh is like i was thinking no theme, I love like doing... no theme at all oh like, no there are, theme like, a few at all figures that are just like gotta put them together no theme at all because they're fun for no theme at all i really i'm gonna get like a little meta heavy but that green lantern from joker's wild i really used to love putting those guys with the tri sentinels um, being able to like free, like drop a free barrier or a free wall and destroy it and do a ping damage, that was that was real cool. Mm, Not having to roll it. for attacks. Why even roll that's... for attacks in this game? That's based on chance. I don't like it. You don't like it. Why do it? Sounds lame let's to just, me. Let's just pop people for one damage at a time. Uh, that's what poison's for. Um, I really like using the Red Sun Brainiac on Hulk. It sounds weird, but uh, occasionally we'll get a Hulk that's got like a range value, and getting like a mid-dial pulse wave is crazy fun mm-hmm. when you have, uh, especially because his range value is like usually if he has one, it's usually like one or two, so pulse wave makes it like one always. Um, so that's always fun. Um, right on. But really, there's no rhyme or reason to when I mix DC and Marvel. Uh, Normally there isn't. Yeah, it's oh, just like that's it's, just. What do you mean? That's uh, that's just three hundred modern. Yeah, like what? Yeah. What stuff has weird traits that work with other weird traits? That's that's really uh, all it is. My favorite like cross universal team is Hellspot, Blind Al, and Krampus. I just love it. It's so fun. Use Blind Al to get Hellspot on his whole switch places with me, and then Krampus can go ahead and capture a kid. I find it hilarious. You know, they're all from a different universe, and it's a pretty fun little team that all works together. That's probably my favorite uh, really weird uh, team-up. Uh, go into your favorite kind of generic keywords that you're always mixing and matching, Simeon. So this would be, like, speedsters. Uh, speedsters is a cross-universe keyword. Um, police is a cross-universe keyword. I really like speedsters. They don't give you a ton of support powers. Um, most of the time, they're a little bit squishy. But using some Quicksilvers with some flashes, some speed demons with uh, like zoom, 
stuff like that always really fun um and then ruler i really like using some of the dc rulers are real big powerhouses and some of the marvel ones are cheaper so you can actually use the dc ones as like your tent pole and then the marvel rulers as like your backup like support kind of pieces uh, maybe your marvel ones are like 35 points and have leadership and you can take tokens off of your 235 point uh, hades from superman wonder woman and then uh, he can shoot somebody for a lot of damage because he's crazy. Right on. Uh, probably my two favorite generic keywords that I cross universe a lot are soldier and politician. There is a lot of good Marvel and DC soldiers, as well as a handful of good random universe soldiers. Normally when I make a soldier theme team, it's super uh, kind of casual and generic. I like an Uncle Sam, a Captain America, Liberty Bell, uh, good old Giel or Guile, however you say it, uh, from Street Fighter, a Statesman and Colonel Stars and Stripes, you know, maybe even mixing a little Detroit Steel, you never know. I quite like the patriotic theme that we can get going with soldiers. I think it's pronounced Sonic Boom. So that's, sure, we'll go with that, absolutely. That's what he does. Yeah, I know, but like that's it's not his name. Cool haircut. It's, it's his cool haircut. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know Isn't about he like cool. a Pokemon. I don't. Yeah, he's, he's like a Pokemon. He just says yeah, his he name. Yeah, he says his he says his name over and over. <laughs> Sonic Boom, Sonic Boom, Sonic Boom. Yeah. Uh, I also really enjoy. Was when I played. <laughs> Jeez. I also really enjoy politician uh, theme team. I it's a very underutilized, almost never used keyword, and I always have fun with it. Uh, my favorite is a president team with Prez Ricard, Lex Luthor, Green Goblin, the Earth X president. Uh, number one, which is <laughs> sort of. Not really uh, Richard Nixon, uh, but kind of super hinted at that it is. <laughs> and, of course, uh, Zombie or Ghost, Abraham Lincoln. And then the Adam with George Washington, since one of the other George Washingtons doesn't have the president or the politician keyword, and he's also really, really bad. So I always I enjoy Soldier and Politician as, like, my main cross-universe style theme teams. You can go get the WWE stuff in there now, too. You can now, which is really cool. But none of them are, like, actual, like, presidents of the United States in fiction and or reality. No. Kane's the closest, and he's, like, half mayor. A mayor. A a mayor of some (laughs) town in, like, Kentucky or whatever, which is actually kind of cool. So I I might actually add him and throw him on the team, too, because that is really fun. Uh, So... The super rare named theme team. This is all I could think of. It's Ravagers, Outlaws, and Authority, I believe, are the only named keywords that are cross-universe. Is that right, or I might be wrong? You are wrong. Wrong. What did I miss? Atlantis. Oh, that's right. That is a name. Atlantis is my favorite uh, named keyword. Yeah, it's my favorite named keyword that... uh, actually crosses two universes so for marvel you've got you know namor and that's about it um but you've got like namor giganto you've got regular giganto you've got anything that's like based in like the swimmy kind of section of marvel um really kind of section of marvel (laughs) really this is why we have you on the show is just yes excellent commentary this these uh keep going oh my god i've read lots of comics called i will have you know um the fantastic four swimmy section was a great run um but no in in dc you've got dolphin you've got uh of course like aquaman mara you've got all that kind of stuff so you can combine that i i really love throwing a couple dolphins a couple mermaids and stuff on a team 
and then having that new Namor chase with the um, the mirror thing. Gosh, that one, that one. Yeah, when he's the, sitting on the, the throne. Siege Courageous is what it's called. Uh, sure. The the Siege Courageous, the one. It's a, like a teleporter, so he can carry he can carry like x amount of figures. So I have him carry up my dolphins and my mermaids and stuff. And then you have Lori Lamaris that makes mermaids explode. That's real fun. So, yeah. I think that's hilarious, to be honest with you. Mermaid bombs. I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's great. Why haven't we had this before? We've had it quite a long time ago, but I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, my the, the way I like to mix theme... I've never actually played a Ravagers, Outlaws, or Authority theme team, but the way I like to mix universes and keep theme is with GW Bridge bringing uh, someone into shield or six pack uh, normally shield normally almost always shield uh, but I really like GW bridge recruiting a member from a different universe and it always kind of makes uh, for a little bit of fun so I, I quite enjoy that thank you so much uh, TMU uh, Bonzi Trini Sapling for those questions really appreciate it uh, to finish off community Tuesday's section we're going to have Jedi Legends Hero Clicks tip of the week you don't want to sell me death sticks I don't want to sell you death sticks you want to go home and rethink your life I want to go home and rethink my life awesome uh, the tip of the week this week is Scrooge knew he was dead of course he did Jacob Marley a mere 35 points a flyer with enhanced movement makes a wounding taxi particularly helpful carrying fellow ghost realm figures as he disregards the speed symbols he can only carry ghost realm figures actually to disregard their speed symbols but I love this Jacob Marley because when he flies through people he modifies their attack value negative 2 for the turn I quite I think he is really fun besides that he is also a snowfall character which means he is a wild card which is fantastic, and he's been sitting in my little three-person Heroclix tray in my the dash of my car that I have there that just holds three random figures. Uh, it's been Jacob Marley, the Toy Soldier, and the Abominable Snowman uh, for the past week, but I, I absolutely love this Jacob Marley. He is really cool, ignoring blocking, ignoring characters, and he's just uh, one of the few Christmas-related characters and the only Charles Dickens kind of character we have in Heroclix and I really quite enjoy that this is the tip of the week. Go out and play a Jacob Marley if you have one. Spooky, scary, g- monster, ghost theme, uh, or just on a fun, random Christmas theme team. Just go for it. I think that's an excellent tip of the week. I find it oh, yeah. fun. He's surprisingly hard to take down for his point value. Um, pretty decent stats. Pretty pretty decent powers. And that minus two to attack means... like. If he moves his whole movement and ends up next to somebody that he moved through, like they've got to hit an 18 with a minus two to their attack. Yeah, and uh, that's pretty rough. Oh, it is. Oh, it definitely is. And that marks the end of our episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know this is a bit of a longer episode this week, and I think if that is all, Simeon, are you ready to read us out of here? Yes, I am. One last time. I'm going to tell you guys, drive safe out there. I don't care if you're in sunny California or uh, I don't know what Australia's weather's like. Drive safe. There's been a lot of accidents lately, and uh, it's unnecessary. You know, slow down. It's four-wheel drive, not four-wheel make it safe every time. you gotta, you got to put in the effort. That was so bad. Thank oh, you, Carl. Mike wasn't <laughs> muted. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and with, and with that, <laughs> Dial H for Hero Clicks is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day.
including all the latest HeroClick singles and sealed products. Check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. Happy trails. Mother, 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 mother,